Welcome to the Unleash Your Voice podcast. I'm your host, Danielle Driuso, performer and creator by nature, voice specialist and leadership coach by day. And I work with entrepreneurs all over the world to help them unleash their voice and step into the leader that they were destined to be. This podcast is an unfiltered look at what it takes to truly own who you are as a leader, unleash your voice, and get your message to the masses. Are you ready to turn up the volume on your dreams, your desires, and your income? Sweet. Let's get started. What's up? What's up, you guys? And welcome to today's episode of the Unleash Your Voice podcast. I know that so many of you are going to be so excited about our next guest. If you have been following me since day one, you know that I have known Amy for quite some time and you get to hear a little bit of background on how we met. We actually met when I was working like 55 hours a week, multiple, multiple jobs. I was doing makeup artistry. I was teaching children's theater. I was teaching all these different things. I was working in a retail job, all this stuff. And me and Amy connected because she was actually a personal trainer at the time. And we both had this vision of creating a business that could sustain our dreams. So not building a life around a job, but building a business that could really support our dreams in the long run. And I'm just so proud of Amy for everything that she's done in her life, in her business. She is from Rebel Nutrition. And I know a lot of the people who follow me definitely know who she is. (laughs) So I'm so happy to bring her on the podcast today. She is a nutritional therapy practitioner, digital nomad, and CEO of rebelnutrition.com. She helps nutritionists and other wellness practitioners build profitable and freedom-based businesses online. She started her online course business inside of a 120 square foot hut in Maui. I'm not even kidding. I like that's a hundred percent a fact. I can attest to that. (laughs) She was working out of her car, which is, I could also attest to that because one of our very first calls that we ever had, she was sitting in her car and it was the best thing in the world. And now she travels the world full-time with her husband, and she generates a multiple six-figure per year income while she helps others do the same. Now, we have amazing links below that you can find her. You can follow her on everything, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube. She has an incredible YouTube channel. She has such an amazing Instagram feed. She has amazing Instagram stories. I would highly, highly recommend following her. So once you're done listening to this amazing episode, you can go ahead and swipe up and I will put everything in the show notes for you all because I totally forgot to ask her to pimp herself out at the end of this podcast. So don't worry. (laughs) I will make sure that I put all of her information below in the show notes. Okay. So without further ado, here is the lovely Amy Tollenschrude from from Rebel Nutrition coming all the way from Bali, guys. All the way from Bali. She joined us for this podcast episode. So I'm so excited. Here she is. So for those of us who do not know who you are, please introduce yourself. Let us know what you're so freaking amazing at and all the things. Oh my gosh. 
<laughs> well, thank you. Thanks for having me. Um, hi, guys. I'm Amy from Rebel Nutrition. I am a nutritional therapy practitioner by trade, um, but these days I travel full-time and I run my online business, which is mostly at this point online courses that teach um, you know other nutritionists and wellness practitioners how to build their own business online so that they can have more freedom, financial freedom, and you know time freedom so that they can spend more time, you know, doing what lights them up and not working themselves into the ground. So yeah, that's what I'm really passionate about. (laughs) I love that so much. And what's really cool, we were just talking about this before we hit record, but what's really, really cool about um, Amy and I still, okay, let me try to say the last name, Tallenshrude, 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 yep. Oh my God, it only took me like two years to figure out how to say that. Okay. Um, but me and Amy know each other from way back in, back in the day when I was just a wee lad doing like self-love health coaching, which is so funny to think about now, but like, I, cause I was super into it and that's kind of how I got started. And you were pers- personal training. And I remember when you quit your job and that was such a big deal. And we did a webinar together and all that stuff. And the first time we had a conversation, you were literally, I'm going to let you paint the picture, but from my perspective, the first time me and Amy ever talked to each other was on Zoom, was on a face-to-face chat. And Amy was sitting in her car because like the Wi-Fi wasn't working in her hut. And she's like, I'm sweating so bad, but I want to make sure you can hear me. So I didn't turn on the air conditioning. <laughs> yes. Oh my gosh. No, you painted a good picture, but yeah. I, so I used to, when I started my business, I lived in a, like literally a hut in Maui, which I mean, Maui is amazing, but mm-hmm. the hut was like all we could, my husband and I, all we could really afford at the time, especially living in Maui. And so I was starting my business. So I would take all my client calls and like, our, our call, which was more like a, like a uh, business collab that we were mm. talking about, but I would take that in my car because number one, I didn't have like a separate room to take client calls in. And the Wi-Fi sometimes was better like <laughs> outside, which is really random. And yes, it was hot as balls in there, but it's mm. so funny because looking like just my life now compared to then, and we were just talking about this, like you said before the call, like people that come into my audience at this point, they, they kind of assume that, you know, I've always just, I've always just been traveling the world and staying in nice places. And I'm like, no, not that long ago, I was literally working out of my car. So I I like to tell that story because it really just shows how quickly actually, when you're following like what you should be doing, how quickly things can actually turn around for you and you know, how, how quickly you can find success. And it's just so cool. And I hope that that story is inspiring to other, other business owners. Mm -hmm. And it's so cool because I've seen literally from that moment and you were working a lot. I feel you were doing your nutrition, like working with clients, but then you were also working at the gym and there was like very little time for yourself. And I remember it was a huge deal when you quit your job and it was so cool to watch. And then from where you're at now, it literally seemed like it flowed so seamlessly. And I know it probably was not like that. So can you share a little bit about what your journey journey was from really going from that hut to where you are now or going from that place of working and doing all those things to really kind of locking into what you were meant to be. If that made sense. 
Yeah, yeah, definitely. So I mean, the, the transition was kind of when I was working my other job, I would work on my business in the morning, and then I would go to work at my, my other job, um, like my paid salary at night. So it was definitely, a, it was a lot of work at that point. And I think that a lot of business owners kind of go through that transition of like their side hustle and their, you know, their mm-hmm. paycheck together until they can make it their full time gig. Um, and then yeah, I guess how it sort of how it sort of transitioned to be the point where I could quit my job was through online courses. I mean, I'm not sure if that's kind of the direction that you want to go, but I'll just say for me, it was too, like I, I was, I started off my business doing one-on-one client calls and that was amazing. But I just realized quickly that that wasn't really scalable if I wanted to be making enough money to where I could quit my job. Because I, I'm somebody who has like limited energy during the day. I know it doesn't maybe seem like that because I really had to hustle my ass off for a while. But I, I'm not ever the type of person that wants to be working like 10, 12 hour days. Like, no, no, thank you. So I was like, how can I, how can I start scaling and bringing in money when I'm not actually still providing my time, if that makes sense. And so with the, with my first online course, bringing in that money then passively is when I was able to kind of transition into going full time and quitting my job. And it kind of all just snowballed from there. So. Mm -hmm. That's so cool. And so when it, when you did start doing the passive income and the courses, and I think that's amazing to mention that because it's such a powerful tool, like for the people who really want to create something that's very easily scalable and very easily, um, like something that is digital, something that you can scale and you don't have to like make multiples of, like there's only one you. So something that you don't have to like duplicate yourself over and over and over again to try to make it work. It's really powerful to have a course like that. So how did it snowball from when you started and when you started to build this audience? Like what did you start with and how did it start to build? And then how did the passive income start to build with your audience growth. Um, and I think this is something that I get asked a lot too, because I know that a lot of business owners, when they're starting, like when I was starting, I definitely didn't have a budget, you know, like Facebook ads or Instagram mm-hmm. ads or anything like that. So I, I kind of had to be really scrappy and be like, okay, how am I going to get in front of more people when I don't have a budget? I'm just me. Like, what can I do? Um, and so I really went out of my way to like reach out to other people who were in um, like a similar niche as me. So I started with more of the nutrition side of things and I would reach out to other people who were like same level audience as me. So at this time I'm talking like 500 followers on Instagram, maybe 500 ish people on my email list. And I was just reaching out as much as possible and being like, Hey, can we collaborate? Can we do an Instagram takeover? Can I interview you in my Facebook group? You know, can I, I have something to talk about. Could I be featured on your podcast? Like I was pretty much just reaching out to anybody that would listen. And I would try and be like, um, like how can we provide value to to each other's audiences? And through that, like I always used when anytime anybody said yes, I used that opportunity to somehow help build my audience. So I think a good tip is if, if you are somebody who's looking to do that, always when you're reaching out for collaborations, you always want to position it as you are either bringing each other's audience's value or you are bringing their audience value. You don't want to be like, Hey, can you promote me? Or like, Hey, can you shout me out? It's not ever just for you. So you have to look at it as kind of a partnership, but that's kind of something that really was the way that I built my audience organically from the beginning and free challenges were a good, good thing I did too. And I think you were, you were in one of them, weren't you? I had like, you were a guest 
um, or like an expert speaker, I think in, in one of them. So just yeah, reaching and you out to like, same for me. So, yeah. So, yeah, like that. So like, I've done quite a few at this it's such a good idea. If you don't, if you don't have yet the budget for ads and getting in front of people that way, you have to really be scrappy and just really build relationships online. And the great thing is it's so easy to do now online. Like if you find an Instagram account that you love and you have a girl crush on and they're doing like something that really inspires you and you think they're awesome, like reach out to them and tell them, tell them, you know, how you guys can maybe collaborate and offer their audience something, something really cool. Mm-hmm. That's so powerful. And so when you're building these connections with these people, like what was the growth stage for you? How rapidly did it begin to grow? Because what are you at now for numbers? Like, it's just wild for me to even think that you just had 500 people following you. And that's so wild. Cause how many, well, I think, I, well, on Instagram or on, so Instagram is like my main kind of social platform. That's where I do most. I just really enjoy it. So that's where I focus my time. I think, I think now I'm at like 47,000. Um, but I think when we first started talking, it was maybe like two years ago. Mm-hmm. So it has been pretty fast. Yeah. Which is such a rapid growth. And I love that we're talking about how long it did actually take too, because a lot of people think, Oh, like one month in and it'll be great. (laughs) Like one month in and I'll be making six figures. I have like thousands and thousands of people following me when really it does take time. But once the momentum builds, it feels like that was just a blink of an eye ago. I know. Yeah. Looking back, it seems like it went really fast, but yeah, when you're in, when you're in the thick of it, it's like, why is this not working? And I think that's the thing, like you said it, said it perfectly. I think people come into online business and there is such an opportunity to make a lot of money that people are like, oh my gosh, like that's why a lot of people are attracted to it, but it's not, it's never an overnight thing. Um, so I think just being able to stick it out, like, yeah, it's been what, two years. It does take time. It does take consistency and you have to come, you have to show up for your audience almost every single day. So it is definitely, um, it does take some, some strategy and some time. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Was there ever any moments like through this journey that you felt, Oh fuck, like, am I going to fuck this up? Or is there any moments in your journey where you felt, Oh, I don't know if this is going to work and, and just grappling with the what ifs. Oh my gosh. Yes. So many times. And I think that's so, so normal. It's just, I think it's so good to just hear that that's normal. Like as an entrepreneur, you have highs and lows. And for me, they are really high and really low. Like at least once a month, I will be like on top of the world. Like I'm having this kind of right now where I'm like, everything is going great. I feel so powerful. I'm on fire. And then like next week I will be like crying and telling my husband, I don't know if I can handle this. Like, is this going to be, is this going to last? Like, what do we do? So I, I think, and I mean, I'm sure that that is normal for everybody. So I think just knowing that that's like kind of part of it and just being able to just accept that that's going to happen. And then again, you know, take a nap, work out, whatever you have to do, like get in the right mindset and then wake up the next day and like keep going. That's so amazing. And what has this journey been for you um, when it comes to traveling? Like, I know that you've always been a travel bug. Like, where are you from and what brought you to Maui again? 
Yeah. So, um, yeah, so I started off in Maui and I actually lived there for a few years growing up and then I got married there. And so it's just always been a really special place to me. Um, and it's kind of funny because when we, my husband and I, when we moved there, we were actually in quite a bit of debt. So looking back, I'm just like, that was a horrible, I mean, logically that was a horrible, like financial decision for us, but we knew that like, we kind of had this plan when we moved there of like, okay, we're going to move to Maui and we want to be somewhere that we really like because we're going to spend the next you know, year or two or however long it takes to pay off our debt, live really minimally, and hopefully have me start my business. Um, so we knew we were like, well, that's going to not be like super fun. <laughs> so let's at least be in a place that we really like and enjoy. And it like, I look back at that decision. It was one of the best that I've ever made because I, and I think this is a good tip too, is that like your environment can really be so powerful for your mindset. Like for me, when I was in Maui and same thing, I'm in Bali right now. And I have never like being in places that are beachy and sort of like Island vibe for me, just puts me in this whole new mindset of like positivity and being on fire with my business. And so I think if, if you are somebody who is looking for like, you need some inspiration, maybe find, even if you can even just like, maybe bring some like flowers into your apartment or something that makes you feel really high vibe. It can totally help with, um, how productive you are, how inspired you feel and all of that. I'm sorry. Did I just like totally go on a tangent? I can't even remember what your original question was. I loved it. That was absolutely (laughs) perfect. My follow-up question was going to be actually, did I lose you? No, you're good. I think we're on a leg just because you're in, you're halfway around the world, but it's fine. (laughs) So when it comes to like, (laughs) so when you're traveling around, cause you've gone kind of everywhere, you've bopped around quite a bit this past year, especially what were some of the moments that like, what brought you back to Bali? Cause I know that's one of you and your husband's like favorite places ever, right? What brought you around the world and what were your favorite places? And where, where did you find with that mindset that you're like, you know what, we couldn't stay here for very long because it wasn't really awesome for our mindset or anything like that. Yeah. It's so interesting. Cause there are places that I, before we started traveling, I was like, Oh my gosh, I'd want to stay there for months and months on end. And then when we actually got there, I was like, okay, I like it here, but I don't feel like I can get my best work done here. And a couple of those places for me are like big cities in Europe, which I absolutely love Europe. Don't get me wrong, but it's almost like, I don't know if I kind of that sort of big city energy sort of gives me a, maybe a little bit of like anxiety or it makes it hard for me to feel really open, expanded, like with my own ideas, I feel really kind of more stressed out. Like I kind of feed on that energy of the city. So I think Mm -hmm. that's kind of been the main reason for us, why we keep coming back to Bali. This is our third time being here this year because we kind of were here for like, um, like a month. And at this point now I keep saying we, because my husband and I, he is like a vital part of my business now too. We kind of Mm -hmm. work together. So we come back here for like a month, get a bunch of work done, launch a course, whatever. And then we go and like go to Europe, travel for a little bit, come back here and get work done. That's kind of been our, our plan at this point. But yeah, we keep coming back here just because it's, I mean, amazing. If, if anybody you've been, Oh yeah. You just came to Bali, didn't you? I just came to Bali. What did you think? I loved it. And I think it was really cool. Cause for me, we went to, I think Kuta is how you say it first. Mm-hmm. And don't you like love Kuta? Isn't that one of the places where you're like, Oh, I love it there. Um, well, so Kuta, I think is like a bigger area. Were you in Changu or were you in like, were you closer to the airport? 
you know mm-hmm. I probably was in Changu and I was probably so I was by the beach like the Kuta beach or whatever but that place for me was not good for my mindset because there was it was just so chaotic with the mo- motorbikes and like everything like I loved it there but it wasn't where I felt the most spacious but when I went to Ubud mm-hmm. and we stayed we stayed in this beautiful little place like right up the main main street so it was so secluded. It was kind of in the jungle, but also you could just like take a bike down or whatever to like the main um, strip and like the monkey forest and stuff. I just like loved it there so much. And I wish, I'm happy that we went around and we ended there, but I, I like, when I go back, I know for sure I'm going to stay there for sure. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Ubud is amazing. It's so just like Zen and calming when you're there. Something about the, every time I go there, I'm like, I feel like I just had a massage. It's so awesome. But yeah, the, the other areas, you kind of have to be a little bit more like just for anybody, if you're planning a trip to Bali, mm-hmm. definitely come check out Chenggu because I think, um, there are other places in Kuta that are, are really crazy and not, not what you think of when you think of Bali. So you do have to kind of be careful, not careful yeah, in terms no. of like safety, but careful in terms of like, if you're coming for like the mindset aspect, just know like you want to come to like beachy calm area. (laughs) Yeah. Like the place that we went first was literally in the middle of the nightclub strip. And I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa. This is not what I was going for when I was going for like Bali. But I'm glad that we saw that because it's kind of cool that if you were going just to like party with a bunch of like Balinese and Australians, like that was pretty much the entire strip that we were on um, for the first little bit there. But then after like we went all around and then we went to like Lombok for a day and then we went to like the Gili Islands and stuff. And that was like amazing. Nice. I would totally stay at like the Gili, Gili Air was where we went. And I'm like, can I live here? That would be great. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. It sounds like maybe you were closer to Denpasar, which is like more of like the city. I don't know, but I'll, um, I have a, a blog post that kind of outlines the best places to stay. So if you want, I can send that to you and you can link it in the show notes. If people are thinking about a trip to Bali, yes, I would love to, because, especially because I feel like I was messaging you like every day you left, you left Bali like two days. I was there for two days. Then you ended up leaving. So we didn't get end up getting to see each other. But I remember I was messaging you like all the time be like, Hey, where do I go? Like, what are the good places? <laughs> so I trust her. Yeah. And I was like, you have to go to these restaurants, <laughs> <laughs> which was so amazing. So I know we got a little bit off topic, but one of the things that I really wanted you to talk about is a couple of things. So feel free to just riff on how you feel called. But one of the main things that I wanted to talk to you about is creating Rebel Nutrition as the brand because you've morphed into this such grounded brand and just this known brand. And every single flavor I feel of who you are from what I know about you is just so deeply woven in this brand. And you just live what you teach and you just show up so authentically. And even when you're not as authentic as you could be, like on your Instagram stories the other day, when you're like, hey, guess what, guys? Like... (laughs) <laughs> everything's been super surface level. I love that so much. Cause I was just like, Hey, that's the Amy that I know. And I love that that's never been lost in your work, even like through your like parasite fiasco and like all those things. You're just so real. And I love it. Well, thank you so much. That means a lot. And that, that is really my biggest value is that like, I want to show up as me. And I think that's why it kind of works and how I've sort of become, I mean, my brand rebel nutrition 
it's, it's easy for me because it's just me. And I think that's the thing that like a lot of people, when they come to me and they're like, you know, I, how do I, how do I niche down or like, how do I build this brand? And I'm like, the cool thing about having a business online is that you can truly, your brand can just be you. So if you're able to just really tap into who you authentically are and you know who that person is and you're unapologetic in sharing it, like I get that there are pieces of our lives that we don't want to make public. Mm-hmm. Um, but as long as you have those boundaries set and you feel, you, you feel fine, you know, talking about, talking about, it's like, a lot of people are going to be really grossed out by that, but it's like, if you're grossed out by that and you don't want to hear it, I mean, that's fine. You don't have to watch my stories. So I think mm-hmm. just being unapologetically you and showing up like that, people really respond to that. I think especially in the Instagram world where things are so surface level. And I even find myself getting sucked into that. And like, that's what I was talking about the other day on stories is like, okay, the last two months I've been so surface level, like, Hey guys, this is what I'm eating. This is where I'm staying. And I'm like, that's cool sometimes, but it's like, nobody, you're just, that's just what everybody else is doing. You know, like you don't want to be just a watered down version of everybody else on the internet. Nobody else is you. So that's the thing that you have to focus on. And that's the thing that you have to share. Mm, That's so good. And your people will find you especially for Mm -hmm. that. Like people follow you for you. They don't follow you. Like, yeah, the pictures are beautiful that you post and like the videos are so epic that, and doesn't your husband edit them? Yeah. I was going to say, you can thank my husband for that. I don't do any of the videos or (laughs) like, they're so cool. It's so amazing. And it's just like, it's, it's amazing all of the like videos and pictures and all that stuff, but they also follow because of you, like you're behind it all. Like no matter what, even in those beautifully edited pictures, there's still an essence of you. And I think that's still so powerful. And with that, what has been your biggest, so if someone's starting a business or starting a brand and they're like really overwhelmed with the idea of having to have such a huge following in order to be profitable or having to have all these things in order to be profitable, what would you say has attributed the most to your success? Like, yeah, there, that's a question. <laughs> well, no, that's such a good question because I think people, people think that they're like, well, I, I have to wait to launch my, my course or I have to wait to start selling my services until I have 10,000 followers or whatever. And that is such bullshit. Like I, Sorry, hopefully I'm assuming it's your podcast. I am able to cuss, right? <laughs> I love to, you know how many times people are like, did y'all, can I swear on this? And I'm like, girl, do you even know me? Like, of course. I, I was thinking about it beforehand. I'm like, oh, I don't even have to ask her. I'm sure it's fine. <laughs> You're fine. You're great. We have that like rated like E exclusive or whatever on iTunes. Oh, explicit. Okay. <laughs> what did I say? Exclusive? Yeah, explicit. I meant and exclusive. You know, exclusive and exclusive. Um, but, but yeah, just, I honestly, it's, it's such thinking that you have to have a certain amount of followers before you can start treating your business or your brand, like a, like a real business, just you, people have got to stop thinking that way. So I like to give an example of my first, my first launch that was over $10,000. I think that I had maybe 5,000 followers and maybe a thousand people on my email list. So, and even though maybe that's more than like what you have right now, I know a lot of people that are probably listening to that, to this are around that number. So I think that having the confidence and just knowing, knowing that it's okay, like whatever, whatever your paid offer is, it's okay. If you aren't the number one authority in your niche, 
people are still going to be attracted to you for what, again, your brand, what your personality is, what you have to say. And people are going to be more attracted to you than somebody else. Like the example that I give all the time is like, I teach now online business, but does that mean that I know more than Marie Forleo or Amy Porterfield or any of those people who are like bigger audiences than me? No, not at all. But I have a different flavor to my personality that's going to attract a certain type of person that maybe doesn't connect with those people. So there, there is an audience for you out there and it doesn't matter how many people like, yeah, you might start off with a smaller launch, but you're going to continue to grow and grow and grow if you just continue building your brand and showing people who you are. And like the most important thing is just being confident in what you have to offer. Even if you don't know every single thing yet, that's okay. Mm, everyone rewind, re-listen to that. That was like <laughs> straight fire. That was straight oh, fire. Thanks. <laughs> so for you, what is, what is your number one thing that you do personally? Cause it can be so freaking easy to slide in, especially when you get to a new level. And I found this with myself, especially it's like the minute that I get to a new level, new level, same devil, pretty much where you are back feeling like, Oh, but I'm not as good as this person. Oh, but I'm not as good as this person. And it's really pulling yourself out of that so that you can continue to expand instead of just holding yourself back. So what has that been for you? What's the number one thing that has really been a through line for you to stay in your own line, stay in your own lane and make sure that you focus on expanding you. Yeah, that's, that's a really good question. Cause I feel like I struggled with that a lot when I was first starting out is that I would look at what a lot of my competitors were mm-hmm. not competitors, but people that were, I guess, competitors, but like people that were in my same industry, like kind of what they were doing. And I'd be like, Oh my God, her website is so much better than mine. Like I need to do that. Or then I'd be like, Oh my gosh, like, Oh, I need to be talking about this because that person's doing this. I need to be. And what really helped me, especially at the beginning is to just honestly stop consume, stop looking at other pe- what other people were doing. And I know that that's really hard, especially at the beginning when you're trying to get ideas, but just stop, at least if you can, if you get into that kind of comparison trap, if you can stop looking at what other people are doing that are in a similar industry as you, because it's going to influence you maybe too much. At least that's how it was for me. So I would, mm-hmm. I would still be consuming like podcasts and continuing to learn and taking taking courses and things like that. But I just would not let myself like start scrolling through other people's feeds and being like, Oh my gosh, I need, and it's so funny because it's like the same type of thing. I used to do this with, in terms of like looking at comparing like my, my body and my fitness and my eating to other people. I used to do that. And then it totally changed to like business stuff. So it's like, again, same, what did you say? Different levels, same devil. Yeah. Same devil. (laughs) So, so I think if you, if you really struggle with that and you're having trouble finding what your unique voice is, stop consuming other people's content that are in your same industry and just focus on, focus on you and your personal voice and the things that you like and the things that make you unique and leveraging those instead of trying to be like everybody else. Mm, That's so good. I remember when I first started, 
I talk about this a lot, but I didn't talk about the fact that I did anything theater and I didn't talk about the fact that I did anything voice and I would like keep it as this little secret. And I would, it would be like trying to feed a dog medicine where I would like have this cheese and be like, Oh, you want the cheese? I'm going to like, this is what I'm going to feed you. It's this business strategy. And I'm going to stick my own like flair in there and like try to feed it to you that way. And it felt so inauthentic, but it's because I, I was seeing all these other people talk about things and I'm like, Oh, well, if I talk about stuff, the way that I actually think of it or the way that I have been trained in this thing. And that brings in this different perspective that I'm not good enough. Like a weird thing of like, if it doesn't look like everyone else's stuff, it's not okay. (laughs) Right. But it's the opposite. Yeah, totally. And I think that's such a good point is like, stop telling yourself that like people like you can't do what you want to be doing because, and I, I feel like I've even thought that to myself. Like I think about the perfect example right now, like I don't have any makeup or my hair done right now. Mm -hmm. And a lot of times I do Instagram stories when I'm like that too. And I think I had this kind of idea in my head that is like, no, the only people that grow and have huge audiences and huge impact always, you know, have their hair done and always have perfect lighting and always look perfect and sound perfect. And that's just not me. If I was waiting to, if I was waiting to do, to make any content or make any videos or jump in front of my audience until I had those things, I would literally never create anything because let's face it, I'm not going to be like one of those persons, one of those persons, one of those people that are all dolled up all the time, you know? Yeah. That's so funny. And I love that you said that because it's almost like I'm on the other spectrum, not like completely, but for me, when we first met, I was heavily, like I was working 55 hours a week, like doing makeup artist. And then I was also teaching drama and I was always also doing these things. But when I came online, I would be so hyper aware of my makeup because my makeup was always so extravagant. Cause I'd like go and I'd like be this like very theatrical, like makeup, nails done, all that stuff. Like my hair is pretty much never done. Like right now it's not washed, but my makeup is on point. (laughs) Like always. And even if I have, (laughs) even if I have no makeup on, I always like have this obnoxiously bright lip. But for the longest time, I would literally be like, oh, I'm doing this live stream and I would get so self-conscious and I would literally wash my makeup off before I did something because I'm like, Oh, but they're not as bright. Like that's wild. And to me, that's hilarious. Cause now I have like branding photos where I'm like fucking throwing glitter and shit. And that's so much for me. <laughs> but back then I was so freaked out. Like, Oh, someone's going to think this of me if I show up in this way. And I think no matter where, I love that we have both different sides of that because no matter where you're at, you're still always going to have the same fear. So for one thing, it's okay. You're not special, but you're special, but you're not special, but you're special. <laughs> yes, exactly. Well, that's such a good example. You're right. We're on ends of the room, but it's like, it works for us because we're just embracing that that's who we are. If you, if you didn't wear makeup, like that wouldn't be you, you know, yeah. like that's what, when I think of, when I think of your, when I think of your brand, I think of like makeup on point, throwing glitter, loud, like cussing. And I love it. Right. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Has to be in there. <laughs> it's very, well, and that's so good too, because it's like, obviously that's going to turn off some people, but mm-hmm. that's okay. Right. Because you're attracting the people that like that and they're going to connect with you so much more because they're going to be like, that's how I talk. Or like, yeah. that's, you know, she's makeup goals. Like I want to be like that, you know? So it's, it's so important. 
It's so funny because now I've I've coined the phrase throat shocker queen, which is super funny because one person called me that on Instagram and I am fucking running with it. I'm like, thank you That's so much. Me. That's me. Um, but, when are the t-shirts coming out? <laughs> yeah, like, oh my God, we're going to have t-shirts, mugs, everything. But it's so funny because someone said something. Oh, I think it was... Um, Courtney Schberg. I don't know how to say any of my friends' last names. How bad is that? Anyways, the, she used to be the fancy sister and now she's, she's social. But anyway, she was in her group. I said something and it had like a lot of fucks. It was literally the whole thing was, you know what? It's cool to not give a fuck, but you know what's even cooler and sexier? To give lots of fucks, but only to give fucks about what you want to give a fuck about. And someone commented and was like, oh, so I guess like it's okay to swear in this group question mark and I responded underneath oh because Courtney said yeah we are a very like cussing safe environment I said yes we're actually a very Danny safe environment (laughs) which means that we're allowed to say the fuck word here (laughs) so now it's like a part and I'm like it's good for your throat chakra it's fine it's good for your throat chakra (laughs) I love that I love that that's amazing amazing so when it comes to hustle to alignment, that's the last thing that I would love to talk about. What has been that journey for you to go from work, 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 and just honoring yourself and the fact that at heart, like what works for you the most is not hustling as much, even though that might be like taboo or whatever, because you still obviously work, you still get work, like you still do stuff, but it's in a place of alignment. So can you speak to that a little bit more? Yeah. And I, I feel so just passionate about this lately because I think, and I think it's becoming more mainstream, but just like my, my opinion on it is becoming more mainstream. But for so long, I feel like it was just this so much, you know, Gary V and I love Gary V, but he's very much like hustle, hustle, hustle work, you know, 20 hour days. And it's like, that doesn't work for everybody. And so Mm -hmm. if you are somebody like me who just physically and emotionally and mentally cannot work that much, like that's okay. And you can still make a successful business. I think the important thing is if you are doing what's in alignment for you and you're, and you're able to find that and you're able to focus on the things that actually provide an ROI for your business. So like, don't spend your time dicking around with your website because nobody really cares about that. I mean, and I, I'm not saying that your website isn't important, but the things like your logo or, you know, just spending too much time on your color scheme. Like nobody cares about that. What are the things at the end of the day that are actually going to be bringing in revenue for your business? Because those are the things that you need to be focusing on. And so I think that's kind of the the thing for me. And I, I get sidetracked all the time still, but I have to bring myself back and being like, okay, is if I'm doing, you know, like this video series, is that going to provide a ROI in terms of building my audience? You know, if I launch this course, is that going to provide ROI in terms of, you know, financial gain for my business? I can't, I, I know that I have a limited amount of energy, so I have to make sure that it's going towards the things that really, really matter. And I think if you can kind of have that mindset and a book that's really helpful for this is the four hour work week mm-hmm. um, by Tim Ferriss. I love that. I love that. And it's like, so in alignment with kind of what the life that I want to live. So if anybody's looking for a resource, just definitely check that out. But um, yeah, I, I think if you're, if you're not in alignment and you feel like in order to make any sort of progress in your business, you have to be working 12 hours a day. I think something is broken personally. And maybe not everybody agrees with that, but if you feel like you're constantly just on an uphill battle and you're not getting anywhere, like maybe it's time to revisit what you're working on, your strategy, how you're working on it. You know, if you, if you need more 
courses or a coach or something to help you kind of, because I just honestly don't think that that's necessary. And I, I love that it's becoming like, I, I think I did a, an Instagram post where the caption said something like, fuck the hustle or, mm-hmm. you know, like I, and, and, um, who is it? The Rachel Hollis. I was saying that I kind of disagreed with her. Cause I, I don't know if you know who that is, but the, she wrote girl, wash your face, which is like that really popular book. Oh, I haven't listened to it, but it's in my audible library. <laughs> Okay. Okay. Yeah. So I was saying, so, and truth be told, I haven't list, I haven't, I haven't uh, read her whole book, but I did mm-hmm. listen to her on a podcast and she was saying that for the past 10 years or something, she's been working 14 hour days. And I'm like, girl, that is insane. Like, I mean, if you want to be doing that, that's cool, but I don't want people thinking that they need to be doing that to get to a successful level of their business. And I think that it's inspiring to hear a different perspective of people being like, Hey, actually when you're in alignment that you're going to get a lot more done than just working yourself into the ground for 14 hours a day. <laughs> mm-hmm, exactly. Cause it, and, and like time is an illusion, but it, it like is, it's like when you're in the space of being in total alignment in creation mode or this, whatever your zone mode is, I call it like the flow zone, but like when you're in the flow zone, mm-hmm you can either like have like an hour where you do a gazillion different things and they're so inspired and it's like done for the day. And you're like, I feel like this is energetically come to an end and that's fine. And then you're, you'll check your phone later on and someone will like slide into your DMs and be like, Oh, I need this. Like I need this right now. And then there's times where even me personally, I've been so like, Oh, I have to hustle to make this happen. And then I work 14 hours for the whole day. And I get no ROI because I'm like just fucking miserable in it. And I'm like, mm-hmm. my content's shit. Cause I'm forcing it out. My energy's shit because I'm forcing it out. Everything's shit because I'm forcing it out because I think, Oh, well, you know, maybe I had five minutes where I didn't make a sale. And now everything is going wrong and let me force this. <laughs> right. Yeah. No, that's such a good point. And even I kind of felt like that yesterday. I was, I was actually really tired. I was still jet lagged because we actually just got back to Bali like three days ago and I was yeah. really tired. And I was thinking, I was in that mindset of like, no, I need to work because I'm starting to work on this new course. I need to get this done. And then I was like, okay, but if you rest today, tomorrow, you're going to feel so much better and you're going to be able to get so much more work done instead of forcing through it and then being exhausted again tomorrow and trying to push through it again and not getting any work done and having shitty content. So mm-hmm. I think, yeah, listening, listening to how you feel is really important too. And allowing yourself that break sometimes if you need it. Mm, I love that. And it's just so important to, to just recognize what really works for you. Cause some people are like, I mm-hmm. love like hustle, hustle, but also just being aware, are you glorifying it because of this like weird feeling of self self-sacrifice? And if you don't, then you're shameful. Like that's something that I've been talking about recently to a lot about is how shame is a social construct. I went on like, got on my soapbox the other day and I like recorded a whole podcast because I'm like, this is bullshit. But shame is such a social construct to make people do things that people in power want them to do. So we all have this idea that we have to literally work our hands to the bone in order to get a payoff, but that's not even our own thoughts. That's like the thoughts of this like age old system of the man or whatever, right? Like it's not even our thoughts. It's keeping society in order because there's like this fear that, oh, if they, if they find out that they don't actually have to work that hard, life will be chaotic. And then the people in power won't be in power anymore and all this stuff. And it's just all a social construct that we've been kind of brainwashed into. But 
when we actually realize it and we look at the evidence in our lives and the evidence of the payout and the evidence of the ROI, it's the things that are mostly inspired and potent. So not like necessarily spread out energy and and drained energy, but like having a rest a day and working from a potent energy will give you such a stronger ROI. I completely agree. Yeah. So true. I think it's, it's totally that sort of, it is more of like a masculine mindset of like work hard, you know, and now I think it's coming, it's becoming more popular to kind of be in that more like kind of flow state, like the feminine, which is really interesting. And I, I think, and I think it goes without saying too, I mean, there are some people who maybe thrive off of that hustle. So I'm not saying that everybody needs to be in this like chill, like I'm going to lay by the pool in Bali today. You know, if that's not, if that's not you you, again, that's fine. Just find what it is that works best for you and go with it. Yes. Oh my God. I love that so much. Okay. Last question. If someone is sitting there today being like, ah, this is all so good, but I'm so stuck and I don't know what I'm doing and all that stuff. What's one piece of advice that you would give to them to help them get back on the trajectory of feeling like they're back on track? That made sense. Oh, yes. No, totally. And I I feel like I get this question a lot as people, this is a thing we have too many ideas you're not struggling with having none and then you have so many ideas that you feel stuck like which direction do I go and the thing that I tell people all the time is that clarity comes from action so if you're feeling like you don't know which way to go or what to do because you have too many ideas you're paralyzed just do something like even if you aren't 100% sure if that's the direction you want to go just start working on that lead magnet or do one Instagram story and see the response you get make one post like do something and see you'll gain clarity from that. You'll either realize, oh my gosh, like people are really responding to this and I'm lit up by talking about this. I want to keep doing it. Or you'll be like, oh, that kind of fell flat. And I, I feel like not really, not really good about that. Well, cool. Now, you know, now you have information that can make, help you make another decision and keep moving forward. So that would be, um, my advice is to just take action on something and you will figure it out. <laughs> mm, I love that. That's so good. Well, thank you so much for being on the podcast. This has been so fun. And I will link everything below in the show notes. Show notes. Show notes. <laughs> show notes. Well, show thank notes. you so much for having me. It's been, it's been awesome being here. I loved having this conversation. So yeah. I hope you love, love, loved that episode. You want to come hang out with me a little bit more and maybe talk some more leadership, love, and unfiltered voice, then you can go ahead and find me on social media at Danny Driuso. And I would love for you to come join me in my private Facebook community. This is where the conversation continues, okay? So I'm always in there giving you guys live trainings and information and just making sure that you guys are fully supported in your business life and leadership. Okay. It's a totally free Facebook community and you can find the link below in the show notes to come join me there. And I would love, love, love for you guys to leave me a review if you feel so moved to and let me know how you are loving these episodes. Okay. And maybe who you want to see on next time. Thanks for tuning in to the Unleash Your Voice podcast and go be bright, be bold, and be you.